Take your Bible, chapter 5 of John, one of my favorite books of the whole of the Gospels, of the four Gospels, uh, of course, is the Gospel of John. I would be in the majority of the people ever surveyed on the four Gospels. John seems to be the, the, by far the most favorite, possibly because it just portrays Jesus as the Son of the living God. You know, he asked Peter in the 16th chapter of Matthew, who, who do men say that I am? And by the way, today it's the same. Some think he's like John the Baptist. Some think he's just a great prophet. Some think he's just a great man. Some think Jesus is just a, a, a good guy and went about doing good, you know. Who do you think I am? And he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he looked at Peter and said, this didn't come from flesh and blood. You don't know that about me because of your own self. You know that about me because God, God the Holy Spirit has let you know it. Let me tell you something. It's a privilege to know God. God looks at you, and if you have a genuine, honest heart, he'll allow you to know him. Whom to know is life everlasting. Let's read these 10 verses real quickly, and let me make some comments on this. Uh, I want to I make the statement, was Jesus... A question maybe, was Jesus really the one? Was Jesus really the one? There's been a lot of Messiah people. David, recently in our history, Jim Jones said he was the Christ, the Messiah. He's dead. Uh, uh, David Koresh said he was the Messiah. He's dead. Uh, Hare Krishna people say they got the Messiah. The Jews say there's all these people come up and down, and they say, well, this is the Messiah, that Messiah. That's been going on, by the way, since Jesus' day. And Jesus said, after me will come many Christs that will say, I'm the Christ. How do you know which one? How do you know? How do you know not to follow Buddha? How do you know whether you should follow Muhammad in Islam? How do you know whether you, sh you should follow uh, the Hindu religion with their million-plus gods? How do you know you shouldn't be this or shouldn't be that? I'm going to tell you, the distinguishing mark is of all those people who claim that they are the one, the Messiah, the coming one, sent from God. The only one that God has sealed has been Jesus Christ. Verse 30, Jesus' words, and I can... Of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that witness which he witnesseth of me is true. Ye sent unto John, that's John the Baptist, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say 
that she might be saved. He was a burning and shining light, speaking of John the Baptist, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness, you ought to circle those two words, I have greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. Ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The last verse, and you will not come to me that you may have life. I want to speak briefly this morning on the five witnesses to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, found just in this passage. The power of a witness. I moved out on Corkscrew Road about 10 miles out in the middle of nowhere on five acres, thought I'd be left alone. Little did I know that the mining industry loved that place too. And they wanted, they started buying up all the farms that were out there and wanted to blast all the rock that was in the ground about 100 feet down and take all that rock out as aggregate, which we need aggregate. And they wanted to make that a, a moonscape uh, land out there, which is, by the way, the heart of where we get our drinking water as well as our wildlife, the last refuge for our wildlife. And so I went to war with the mining industry for about 12 years. I can't tell you how many hundred hours I spent in the most boring meetings you've ever been to in your life. If you ever want to go into government, think about it, because it's some of the most boring stuff you'll ever set in in your whole life. It is the uh, tedium times 10. And I'm just not much into that. But I sat through those meetings, slept through some of them, read through some of them, cried through some of them. But we, we, we a few little rag muffin, ragtag neighbors got together out there and went against these massive companies, international companies. Six of them came up to get approval for the mine. Six of them we went against and won every one, five to nothing at the commission level. I told my wife, I think I'm probably going to die. They'll put a hit on me, and some dump truck probably run me over because they really did not like me. I cost them, and we cost them as a neighborhood, I say, buh, buh, buh billions of dollars. Well, I say all that to tell you the power of a testimony. The power of a single testimony. Do never, never underestimate the power of a testimony. Our whole legal system, our, and this is ancient truth, this is not new truth. Look In Deuteronomy, don't look there, but in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, let me read you this. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin or for, or for any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. So as far as I know, Bill O'Reilly is innocent. One witness can convict you of nothing. It must be two witnesses biblically that is an ancient truth 
And brother, we got to get away from this one witness thing that we've slipped into in the last 20, 30 years. You say, Brother Bill, then injustices will, will go on without being dealt with. No, they won't. They'll be dealt with because there's a God in heaven. But certain things, you're innocent till proven guilty. And according to ancient truth and ancient law, Judeo-Christian law, you must have at least two witnesses to be found guilty of anything. And better to have three witnesses. The power of an individual witness cannot be underestimated. By the power of two witnesses in our legal system, a person can be, can be convicted and sent their whole lifetime behind bars or executed. That's powerful. That's life-changing, amen? I believe God uses this same principle of witness when it comes to his son. We don't just blindly believe that Jesus, of all those that named, that said, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ, I'm the one, I'm the one sent from God. We don't just blindly believe that he was the one. We have witness that he was the one. I'm going to give you five. There are more, by the way. There's, I think, at least eight. But I'm going to give you this morning five witnesses to Jesus' person and who he was. Why? Because they crucified Jesus. They didn't crucify him for raising the dead and healing the sick and giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. They crucified Jesus because of who he said he was. Oh, as you read, now you people that are new in the Bible may not get that, but as you read down through the Gospels over and over again, as you kind of comb through them year after year, you're going to get this real clear. They crucified him because he was claiming to be equal with God. In essence, deity manifest in the flesh. And that just drove them crazy. Why? Because monotheism. They had a grip that they felt that God was one and there was no other. By the way, that is still true in Jesus because his ways are above our ways as heavens above the earth. They did not understand the, the concept of the triunity of God. They did not understand that. And consequently made a horrible mistake when it came to Jesus. But there were witnesses about him that that were given, and I'm going to start with the first witness mentioned in this passage to who he was, was his own witness, which is what he claimed of himself. Over and over in the Gospel of John, uh, he agreed, when people called him the Son of God, he agreed, and he personally said, I'm the Son of God. Jesus witnessed to who he was. Now, you say, well, witness of, of yourself is not true. In John 8, chapter 14, it says, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and where I go. You cannot tell from where you come or where you go. He's saying, I'm different than your average person. The average person cannot witness himself because he's usually trying to promote his own cause. Even the Bible says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. A Proverbs 21, 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. So typically, a witness to yourself is not very credible, right? But Jesus was different. It was different with Jesus. Why? Because of who he was. He, first of all, says, I'm not really speaking of myself. I'm speaking and saying what I've been told to say of the Father. Uh, he was not seeking his own promotion. His motivation was unselfish. He was actually going to give himself and lay down his life for others. His whole ministry, his whole three and a half years, was about other people, helping them. Going. The Bible says he went about doing good. 
doing good. You say, why did they crucify him? Well, they would never, normally you never crucify somebody. You never count him a criminal. What about doing good? But he says, my witness is true. In John chapter 8, verse 55, he says, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. He's speaking of the Father, but I know him and have kept his sayings. The reason Jesus' witness was true, because he was not like any other man. The Bible says he was the only begotten Son of God in John 3.16. He was uniquely begotten. You know, back in the first few chapters of Matthew, when it gives the record of, of Mary, his mother, uh, probably a young 15-year-old girl or so, angel of God coming down, the Holy Spirit coming down and, and birthing Christ in her, called the virgin birth. Jesus' very beginning was different than anybody else had. And his testimony was real. Why? Because he was doing that which the Father told him to do and not doing it for himself. The second witness we see in this passage was John the Baptist's testimony to him. That's found in verses 32 through 35. John the Baptist was not just any man. Uh, as we know from Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 says, Among them that are born of women, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Woo, doggies, that's big. Of all those born women, that pretty well covers everybody, amen? John the Baptist is great. Notwithstanding, he's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John the Baptist witnessed to Jesus. So Jesus witnessed of himself, I am the son of God. I am the, the sent one. I'm coming here representing the father. He, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he tells Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So he witnessed of himself. John the Baptist witnessed to him over and over. In John chapter 1, it says, He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John the Baptist's credibility could not be impugned. It was, it was, he had a credibility that was not contradicted. And his testimony, and by the way, all of Israel recognized him as a prophet of, sent from God. And his testimony was, this is the one. So Jesus said, I'm the one. John the Baptist said, I am the one. The third witness we see in verse 36. We see that he says, if you don't believe my word that I'm the one, if you don't believe John the Baptist's word that I'm the one, well, how about believing that I'm the one for the works that I do? Look in verse 36, but I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, these same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. In the New Testament, there's some 34, approximately, I'm pretty close on this, I may be exactly right, 34 miracles recorded in the New Testament that Jesus had part in. Now, you know he did more than that. The Bible says in the Gospels he went in some of those cities and he healed everybody that had an infirmity. How would you like that? What if Jesus came down here in the wintertime? Doc, the wintertime. I mean, Cape Coral Hospital full. I mean, old Lee Memorial full. I mean, old Health Park full. I mean, old Gulf Coast full. I mean, this, uh, the, the hospital on, on uh, Mockley, whatever they call that, North Collier full. The old, the old hospital, North, uh, the NCH hospital down on Fifth Avenue full. I mean, the uh, Physicians Regional out there on uh, I-75, full. And there's even one south of that by Marco, full, 
full. If Jesus came into this, if Jesus came to our place to, and, and he could empty out these hospitals, you know what? They'd crucify him. You say, well, man, nobody against healing everybody. Really? <laughs> I mean, I think doctors would be happy. I think they'd have to go get a real job. I just love to do that. I, I love to do that. <laughs> I, I know they say that about preachers all the time. I just think it's reverse courtesy. <laughs> People will say, exactly what do you do? And I say, ask Moon, brother, he'll tell you. But there's a witness of his works. And so if you don't believe, if you don't believe in his personal witness, if you don't believe John the Baptist's witness, how about the works of Jesus? You know, John did no miracle. I don't know if you know that. John the Baptist did no miracle. He was considered the greatest ever born a woman. He never did a miracle. I get tired of people saying uh, they're, they're, they're running around looking for signs, looking for wonders. Stop that. Stop. Stop. Jesus did, in, in John chapter 20, verse 30, it says, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Jesus did thousands, hundreds of thousands of miracles. I, he, the few people he raised in the New Testament, uh, I believe he raised many more than that. Uh, the few people he healed from blindness in the New Testament, I believe he did many more than what is recorded he did many more healings, people that were absolutely stone deaf from birth. I, I believe, that you, I mean, you start putting your mind around that. You say, how could they deny that he, wasn't, he, he was just not the one? Because that was what that was all about. All those miracles, yes, they were to help people, but more than that, they were a witness. All these other people said, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ. He came and did that which no other man had ever done. He said, if you won't believe my personal testimony, and if you won't believe John the Baptist, even though you think he's great, maybe the greatest there ever was, believe the works that you see which you've never seen before. No other man ever took credit, no man ever even claimed. There's no other prophet, no other religion, no other leader that even ever claimed the works that the Lord Jesus has done and been witnessed of. Nobody close. Nicodemus, a teacher of the law. He knew the Old Testament. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. It's beautiful. Nobody does this but God. We've never seen anything after this. Well, if you won't believe my personal testimony, if you won't believe John's words about me, if you won't believe the phenomenal array of miracles that I have shown you, number four, will you believe, verse 37, 38, the testimony of the Father. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me, and hath, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, and you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him you believe not. The Father that is, God the Father, had given very specific witness of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, a low voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That was at the baptism of John. 
there were lots of people there. At the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 where Peter, James, and John went with him up to the, up to the mount. It says, while he spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice of the cloud which saith, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. Peter, in interpreting that moment up there in the Mount of Transfiguration, in the book he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, he says, For he received from the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, saying, this is my beloved son in whom, in whom I am well pleased. At the crucifixion, when Jesus was hanging on that old rugged cross, bearing as an inverted pyramid the entire sins of the world. As he was going through the agony, there was an earthquake. When he said, it is finished, the Bible said there was a great earthquake. That was a witness of the Father. Something strange has happened. Hey, who can, the people closest to an event have the most reliability, right? Right? The centurion, which had, cru, which had crucified, yea, thousands probably of criminals, he said, truly, this man's the Son of God. The guy right there. The guy who had witnessed hundreds of these things going on. Why? Because of the earthquake. Because of the demeanor of what he said. Because of the, how about the three hours of darkness? People said, why was there three hours of darkness in the crucifixion? We don't know why, except maybe the, it, the, the God the Father in his mercy covered, at least from the glaring, peeping eyes of man, the suffering of the Son of God as he bore the sin of many. Then God the Father rent the veil of the temple. Now, many of you who are educated in Bible know that there was a curtain between the holy place, which men could go into, the priests could go into on a regular basis, and the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was a place that could only be entered into once a year, only by the high priest, after he had sacrificed blood for his own sins. Then he would take the blood for the nation and bring it in there and very carefully go through the Holy of Holy veil and go into the Ark of the Covenant and sprinkle the blood in a very, very specific manner with specific clothes at a specific time and be in the very presence of the mercy seat. Interestingly, at the crucifixion of Christ, the Bible records, the Bible says this, when he said it is finished, this great earthquake. The Bible says the veil of the temple that holy veil was ripped from heaven to earth, from top to bottom. It wasn't ripped from man to God. It was ripped from God to man. The separating curtain between God and man, that thing called sin, which has so plagued man and kept him from God, Jesus in his shed blood was taken away by the ripping of the, by the symbolic ripping of that curtain from top to bottom. God was saying, now you can have access to me. Through my Son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood. But the witness of the Father wasn't over yet. Wasn't over. Though those witnesses are great, though those witnesses were clear, yet one more of the greatest of all the witnesses were yet to come. And that was three days later. 
when he broke the bands of death and conquered it and came forth from the grave. The witness of the resurrection. It's the greatest of all the witnesses. I can say on the authority vested by the very word of God in the 15th chapter and so many other places in the New Testament that if you do not believe that Jesus Christ was physically, visibly raised from the dead, you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved. I've met people that believed in Jesus. I said, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. You believe he's the Messiah? Yeah. You believe he was raised the third day? He said, well, now you know that's a tough thing there. Dear, dear one, if Jesus was not raised the third day, then he was not unique from any of those other people that went out there and said, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. They're still in the grave. And their religions don't even claim resurrection. And yet Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. But bigger than that, he was seen of the 12. He was seen of the 11. He was, he was touched by them. He ate with them by the sea. And when he, in Acts, the beginning of Acts, over 500 people at one time witnessed his re resurrected body and witnessed him and then got to see him ascend in Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Got to ascend back to heaven. And he says, by the way, as is the, the manner I go into heaven, so I'm coming back. That's why fundamental Bible believers say he, he, he went up into heaven visibly and physically and publicly. He's coming back visibly, physically, and publicly. Not going to be a hidden thing. You know, Joel Witness years ago in 1914 said Jesus came back. Certain, no, he's not coming back secret. Somebody says he's coming back, don't worry. Let me tell you, the Bible says every eye shall see him. And what I meant, every eye, he says, even they that pierced him. Whoa, 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 whoa. They that pierced him were Roman soldiers. They've been dead about 2,000 years now. How is it that they're going to see him? What I said at the beginning of the message is there's no such thing as unconsciousness. Even those that pierced him are going to look up from the place that they're being kept and see him coming back. The very gates of hell are going to know that Jesus has come back. It'll not be a little localized event. It's going to be the whole earth and the universe going to know Jesus Christ has come back. Won't that be a good day for you, believer? The Bible says every... I shall see him, as the Bible says, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You don't want to be on the other side of that. You don't want to be one of the people who doubted and denied and turned away from these witnesses. The fifth witness of this passage, and that's not all the witnesses God has given his son, but the fifth witness in this passage is the greatest, and I've, he kept it for last in verse 39 and 40. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. For they are they which testify of me. The greatest witness of Jesus Christ and who he is is the miracle of this book. Let me tell you, this book is hated like no other book. Through the millennium, through the centuries, this book has, the, people have sought to destroy the credibility of this book. They've sought to destroy the documents of this book. They've burnt this book. They have, 
tried to persecute those who believed in this book. They've tried to eliminate those people who believed in this book. They've tried to relegate us to a small little group of idiots. And every time we get bigger. There's no other book. I've done my research. There's no other book on earth printed as many times as this has been printed and multiplied. There's not even any book close to the amount of, the, of how many of these books have been printed and been multiplied. Uh, you can find the statistics for that in a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict and More Evidence That Demands a Verdict of how many copies of this book exist. Why, there's not even anything close to this. How can that be? How can this book be hated and, and a poet? You don't look to, you don't, you, you say, Brother Bell, this book's not hated. People like this book. Go to your typical university, a place of higher learning, a place of, of open-mindedness, a place of great tolerance. Now, you know I'm just tongue-in-cheek on all this because since the election of Trump, he has taken their pants off in public because the truth is those universities are about as least tolerant place for something different than what they believe of anywhere on earth. Look what they're doing. Let me go to Berkeley and, and hold this book up and say, this is the very word of God, and see what they do. They will pull their hair out. They will scream, they will yell, and they will converge upon me. And if I'm not protected, kill me. Call me names. Can you believe they call me names? The scriptures give testimony to who Jesus is. Now, I don't have time this morning. You don't want me to take it. To go through the Old Testament and show you all the way from the book of Genesis and Exodus and Numbers and, and, uh, and, 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 and the rest of the books. Oh, I could go through and name all 66, but you don't want me to. But all those 66 books give testimony of Jesus Christ as the one. In, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it said there'll be one that crushed the head of the serpent coming that'll be born of a woman. How about that? didn't say born of a man. If you go through the genealogies of the Bible uh, as a girl, you don't get mentioned. He has a boy, he gets mentioned. Boy, boy. My wife, my wife, my wife's interesting, you know. She reads the Bible, she's kind of quiet, doesn't say much. But once in a while she comes up with these profundity, these statements of profundity. She said one day, she said, you know, I've been reading through the Bible a lot of years now. And, and if you're a girl, you don't really kind of get mentioned. It's just the boys that get mentioned. I said, what's that tell you? It's a man's world, woman. I need to be at Berkeley and say that. God gave Adam dominion over all the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air. And everything that passes through this, he gave dominion over this whole earth. And still to this day, it's a man's world. That doesn't make women worse. It just makes them different. And it's given us men, whether you take the responsibility or not, God's placed it on your shoulders to stand up for truth. This book gives witness from one page to the other that Jesus Christ is God, that he is that he is the Lord, that he is the Christ, that he is the sent one, that he is the coming one, 
and he is the Savior of the world, that he's the one who died for your sins. He was the one who's crucified, whose blood was shed, and who was, whose blood was taken to the Holy of Holies in heaven and sprinkled on that altar up there. And, and, and in, in, indeed is our propitiation, our covering for all sin, if you'll let him happen. Wow, why would not everybody get saved? Jesus Christ will take your sin away. He'll wash you. He'll clean you. He'll, he'll give you a, a free access to the Father with nothing between. He'll reconcile God to you and you to God. Wow, what a beautiful thing to have. Do you believe that he is he? He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I'm going to finish with this verse. And I want you to look this up. John chapter 8 and verse 24. It's just the three chapters from where you're at. I said, therefore, unto you, these are Jesus' words, that she shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, he is in italics. It has been put there by the translators to do some clarification. But let's read it without the he. If you believe not that I am. Now, we're talking about the burning bush I am. We're talking about the I am that appeared to Moses. They knew who he was talking about because if you read down through chapter 8, it says they took up stones to stone him, to kill him. Why? Because who do you make yourself out to be equal with God? You shall die in your sins. You say, Brother Bill, I don't believe it. You will. But it will be too late. Right now you have a window of opportunity in front of you this morning. If you've not trusted in Jesus as the one, the sent one from God, the Messiah, if you do not believe in these five specific witnesses of John chapter 5, verse 30, verse 40 through 40, if you do not believe in them and you do not believe that he is the one, you cannot be saved. He's not one of many religious leaders. There are are not many roads to heaven. If there are many roads to heaven, the Bible is not true and Jesus is a liar. You heard it from me. If Jesus is true and the word of God is from heaven, there's only one way to heaven. That's through his son. And it's just by simple childlike faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves... It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if we could work our way to heaven, you'd be out there saying, I made it, how about you? No. There'll not be one person in heaven that'll pound their chest and say, I made it because I was so good. There'll only be people in heaven saying, we made it because he was so good. Father, help us this morning. To understand the fivefold witness of John chapter 5. May you enlighten our eyes. May you lift the veil. May you allow us to see the Son of God, Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, and indeed raised from the dead by the Father. Father, we pray that you would, you would allow the insight of the Holy Spirit to come upon these folks and those over the internet that may be listening. May, Father, they say yes to Jesus. Admit simply they're a sinner, 
unable to save themselves, admit that indeed Jesus is the Christ. Of all those that claim that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and in faith, in that childlike faith, ask him to save them. Oh, Lord Jesus, may it be so. Help us as Christians as we walk day by day to understand that we serve the living God. Heaven declare the glories of God. Firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Lord, help us to have faith, even in the midst of the darkness, just to trust you and give our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website. Or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.